Today, I am sitting with Kim Furnish, and she is a life coach and social entrepreneur, but very awesomely, her focus is actually on positive psychology, and she's got her own podcast and written books. She's done a whole myriad of things. So firstly, thanks so much for taking the time today. I'm really glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and, and as I said, yeah, you've had so many things going on. You've also studied apply positive psychology and you've really dug deep in all these things but for those who haven't come across you and who want to get to know you just give everyone everyone a quick like hey and give a bit of an introduction to yourself okay yeah thank you well you did you did a great job there of an instruction i covered most most of the things that i do um and yeah you're you're correct the the uh kind of like the the core that goes through my work is positive psychology and that was born out of studying um, applied positive psychology which um, I did a couple of years ago um, and, uh, and before that I've been uh, I've been a counsellor I've worked as a counsellor I've worked as a parenting specialist and a yeah a relationship counsellor so I bring all those kind of different strengths to my work mm. and currently um, positive psychology is is so core to it and um, I, I have a social enterprise and the social enterprise is um, to bring those skills and those um, strategies to the community mm. uh, a lot of my work is online at the moment obviously and and before um, the pandemic it would be in the community uh, working with people in groups taking people outside in nature mm. um, as you say, and, and sometimes when I talk and I think, oh yeah, I do that as well, and I do that, because yeah. what's popped into my head is laughter yoga, uh, which is something that I started about four or five years ago by going to a class myself, mm. and then realising what a brilliant uh, lift it can be if mm. you can kind of take off your, your head and not think too much about it and really get in your body. It's a brilliant way to become present. And, uh, and just lift your spirit. Mm. So, so laughter yoga as well is something that I do. So yeah, there's, there's quite a lot there. Something for everybody, I think. Yeah, but also as we were kind of discussing just before we started, it's, it's almost like you've always had this overarching theme of helping people, but in just various ways, like from the counseling and then you say yeah. working with communities and then you learn something about laughter yoga and experience it yourself. And you're like, wow, I think other people could benefit from this. Let yeah. me introduce it. It's just that constant overriding theme of helping people in various ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I love life and mm. having experiences. I think one of my strengths is being open. So I'm open to experience. So when, when laughter yoga, for example, was mentioned, I was like, yeah, I haven't done that let let's give that a go mm. and um i think you know I, I always think well if i like it then there's probably going to be somebody else that likes it and maybe hasn't thought about it or you know hasn't had the opportunity and i love to give people opportunities yeah absolutely and it's like when you're doing all these different things because i've spoken to a few people as well they start to learn something for themselves and they're like oh wow this is really powerful do you try to incorporate all the different things you're learning into almost like one framework of your own or you like, okay, this time I think laughter yoga is going to work well with you. I think this is going to work well. And you kind of 
do them quite separately or do you kind of integrate it all into one go? I, I think it's integrated. Yeah. Um, I, I, I go, I, I think this is what I, I, somebody told me, said this, fed this back to me once, one of my friends, and I think it is so right. I, I kind of integrate as I go, as I go along in life. Mm. So I have these experiences and like I, you know, explained about laughter, then I will go, um, I'll, I'll do it myself and get familiar with it. And then I'll say, and then it was suddenly, well, actually I could spread this out further. Yeah. So I guess always there's that underlying theme without me really realizing it is of being of service, which is kind of what you said about helping people. So that is my motivation is sharing, is um, yeah, spread, spreading out. Yeah, I mean- Joy, joy, joy spreading. Yeah, I mean, especially in the last two years, I think positive focus on positive psychology and mindsets is, yeah, I mean, that's probably pretty big for a lot of people and needed massively. So yeah. I'm curious to kind of take steps all the way back to the counseling because yeah. I've spoken to quite a few people who like, let's say they were in corporate life and then they decide to make a late transition into coaching and helping others. But it sounds like almost from the get-go, you were always like, I want to help others. Like, how did that kind of start kicking off from the very first first kind of uh, foray? Yeah, lovely. Um, well, so it really, I think all of my, my passion for personal development starts right back in the beginning of, of the, of, uh, not, not time, actually, you know, sort of like going back thinking, you know, school life, just like getting on with it. Uh, I was quite active and, and like to learn. So that love of learning has always come from, from way back then. Mm. There was a pivotal moment. I had my first child mm -hmm. and um, I had postnatal depression, mm. which absolutely like turned my life around and never had anything like that before. And I think when you have something that so that that's that defining moment, isn't it? Which you don't realize at the time. And um, and so from there, it was very much about I need to look after my I realize now I need to need to look after myself. Mm. And so that as well, as well as helping others that need to look after myself is literally run right through my life. So mm. that was my defining moment. And that was 35 years ago. And so for 35 years, I've been um, aware, building my self-awareness and building my toolkit to look after myself. Yeah, and, and naturally it's gonna, as you say, um, develop and evolve as you change as a person, as you learn more, and then you're having to pick up new things and then you can teach those along the way. And yeah. potentially with the people who you've also been with in those previous iterations, like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. I think you're still going to really benefit from this. Like, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And at that time, I was um, I was an exercise teacher, mm -hmm. so um, I was teaching aerobics, and um, and and I was you know really happy with that, and it was uh, something that was good for my mental health. And I seem to have gone on this journey, which is moving from body mm. to mind to spirit back to body again yeah. um it's been it's fascinating to me to to see that change i just when i was in the when i was teaching exercise and where it's very much about the physical mm. i just felt that there was something missing almost like you know beliefs maybe around change and about looking after your body um, and people would like 
want to exercise and they want to take control of their weight and not be able to. And so that was my kind of interest then into motivation and behavior. So from there, I studied psychology. Um, yeah, and then, and then since then it's been, I've become more spiritual and now I'm, uh, one of my focuses really is embodiment about how our bodies, so I've gone round in a circle. Yeah, and then eventually <laughs> it all becomes one. Yeah, yeah. And how far into, so you, you had that experience with uh, postnatal depression mm -hmm. and that's when you start to do a lot of work on yourself. How long yeah. after that did you go into officially studying, quote unquote, the psychology route? Um, it was it was quite a while actually if I think mm. about it so that was yeah so uh, 35 and then 35 years ago and then it was probably about um, about 10 years about 10 years later that I started to study yeah. so all that time I was uh, had a family so I was a um, primary carer mm. um, and uh, yeah so that was my focus and then I went after when one of my youngest child was two I then went back to study uh, started my counseling and my mm. and the counseling absolutely took the lid off of my um personal development and self-awareness it was yeah. like crazy and uh yeah there was a huge shift in that which I'm really grateful for and it's been a great um grounding me how so how did that show up for you when you said it kind of took the lid off and um well literally uh, self-awareness about thinking about my own behavior my own relationships mm. uh, what i wanted from life how i wanted to show up how i was showing up mm. um yeah it, it was it was quite profound okay so and, I, and I think and i and i think because i take things on so readily and I learn quite easily and put things into practice. Mm. People around me were um, were quite shell shocked. My 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 relationships, bless him, my husband. <laughs> oh, do you mean like you would make these changes that you're learning about yes. straight away, and people are like, well, yes. this kind of happened. Yes, yes. So that whole transition really into you know, recognizing your own behavior and then, you know, that whole transition when you put it into practice. And mm. that's something that I'm, I'm very aware of most, you know, especially now when I work with other people and it's like self-awareness is fantastic mm. because you, you know, it gives you those tools and it gives you the information that you need. And there is a, a dark side to it, you know, be aware of how that, how your changing affects other people. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, could you kind of expand on that a little bit? Well, I think um, I can give you an example of something that I quite often talk about now in terms of people pleasing. Mm. Um, what I talk about is that I, I'm a reformed people pleaser. Mm. And I think when you're when and, and a lot of some of my clients that, um, that come to me, you know, that, that they don't come to me because Oh, you know, I realize that I do too much for other people and not enough for myself. There'll be something else. There'll be another symptom. And then we might cover that. That issue might come up. Mm. You know, for example, you know, how are you looking after yourself? How are you looking after your needs? And, um, and then it will become clear that 
possibly they aren't didn't have any um, idea of of what their needs are or what what would make life more pleasant for them they haven't been encouraged or you know maybe had the bravery to think about it it's mm. been denied so that suppression of need um and uh so yeah so I talk about that as in that that was me and now I'm very much aware of my needs yeah. and and I think when when this was my experience when you when I first became of aware of actually I've got needs yeah. and I'm giving so much to other people I think there can be a build-up of anger and resentment mm. and uh, which can come out probably is it's not used to being let out and so it can come out sort of like quite strongly and then I think the more you get used to you know maybe the other area that I'm tipping into there is assertiveness the more you get into being able to be more assertive then then you're kinder um, I think without that knowledge and that experience, it can come across as quite um, rebellious and uh, harsh. So you're saying when uh, people often discover their assertiveness and their like true kind of needs and desires, yeah. they actually come across as being kinder. Um, I think initially they might come across as being aggressive, oh, okay. um, you know, in terms of resentment and, um, you know, these, these a number of years where you might not have um, felt that you've been considered or respected. Mm. And um, yeah, and so it's getting over that really. It's almost like recognizing that it's, you, it's a person's responsibility to, to meet their, their needs, um, not expect other people to meet them for them. And that we don't have to give everything away. I think I come from a position where I'm very, as you said, I like to help people. So I'm very giving mm. and uh, that can go too far. You know, we have to keep something back for ourselves. Yeah. And I wasn't. I think that that really ties into that first bit of what you were saying about when you started the counting, that's when it took off the lid for your own personal development. Because yeah. how I understood what you were saying and interpreted it is that by working with so many different people and they have their own unique situations and behaviors, you would see them doing something. You're like, Hey, this is actually a sign that you need to work on this and work on that. And you're like, Oh wait, I do that as well. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so being able to, I think because of my life experiences, I can relate uh, relate to um, other people in their situations that they're going through maybe their their own personal development journey because mm. I because I, I you know I'm on my own journey and recognize it as such um, I mean we we called the the podcast a work in progress the podcast I do yeah. and uh, and and I just totally totally believe that I think you know we're, when we're never finished yeah. there's always there's always something and um and that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a powerful lesson for those who want to potentially start off on the, the coaching journey in that you're always going to be learning. It's like be aware to the fact that you're also going to be learning and because that you might also be changing what you're doing. So it's like don't fight yeah. it necessarily because like you said, working with other people could potentially take the lid off your own development and then you're just going to become a completely different person in the long run. Yeah. So when yeah. you when you experienced the the postnatal depression and you started yeah. working on that yourself to kind of help yourself with those things, did you yeah. then go start working with other people as well in that space already back then? 
No, I actually I didn't, and I can remember thinking that um, it would have been it would have been really helpful if I could have talked to somebody, mm. um, if someone else had had that experience and and might have shared that with me. I had some support in terms of some friends that had been through depression, which was mm. really helpful, and they reached out to me. Uh, but specifically that postnatal depression, it wasn't really. Um, as far as I was aware, it was a diff different time. I mean, now we would get on the internet. Oh, I sound really old now. But now we would get on the internet and like Google it, wouldn't we? Yeah. But back in those days, it, it, there was a, there was an isolation around it. Mm. So basically, it was the doctor. And I think we're coming from a time then when it was like, you know, um, a bit of a, um, a, an unusual thing to even go to a counsellor in mm. those days. It wasn't as um, normal as it is now, and uh, yeah. So, so I'm just wondering. No, I didn't. I didn't have counselling. I took medic medication. I, I, I tell you what. I, what really helped me was writing. So that's when I started to keep a journal. And the reason I kept the journal was because the doctor would say to me, um, you know, how how has today been, or how has this week been, and mm. I didn't know. I couldn't answer you know, in the depth of depression. And then, so what I did was I started writing, yeah. which, you know, writing a journal and, and, you know, kind of like breaking down my time and really sort of like structuring that really helped me to structure and gave me some, an anchor. And that I've carried that on as well through my life. Oh, That's great okay. tool. Great okay. tool. I thought you had kind of, after having experienced it yourself and also worked through it, I thought you had started giving some support to others who had been experiencing that as well. But it sounds no. like that would have been powerful for you though, if you had had that. Yeah, yeah I, think, um, I think probably at that time, I didn't recognize the, the sort of like the impact. I maybe because it was such a shock, I think maybe I wanted to just move away from it. Mm. In a, Although my heart might have been saying at the time I could have benefited, I don't know that I was in the place to give back at that ah, time okay. and um and it was when i um and when i had um some relationship that we then moved on i had some relationship um difficulties mm -hmm. that that's when that's when it really started giving back because i had some relationship counseling and then i became a relationship counselor so at that point so i was a little bit older yeah. by that time okay was that was that before or after for those watching now was that before after you studied officially psychology or was that it was yeah sorry yeah it was it was before then because I felt that I really enjoyed the counseling and yet I felt that and it was very um experiential training I mean we mm. did have um theory the theoretical training but it was much more experiential and I just felt that maybe to have a career that I needed you know, um, more academic training. So that's when I went and studied psychology. Yeah. But I think that's and, a that's an amazing point and kind of insight for people who might want to start the journeys. You don't need to have studied anything officially. Like obviously, if you're becoming a doctor or a psychologist yeah. or something like that, you do. But things like relationship coaching, mindset coaching, if you had become like a postnatal depression uh consultant or something like that or coach yeah you could have still helped people just from the fact that you had learned so much from it as well it's like 
Yeah. You don't need to necessarily yeah. have the degree in it or something like that. It's just, have you kind of worked through that yourself or helped other people work through that yourself? Yeah, definitely. So that, so that lived experience, I think. And, um, and, and it's interesting to hear you say that because somebody said that to me only a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, I was talking about the new course that I'm doing, which is about self-care. And, and, and in my mind, I didn't actually say this because I didn't want to put it out there, but in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm not the expert in all of these areas. Uh, exercise and diet and, uh, you know, um, relaxation. I'm a bit, bit of a, more of an expert. Um, so there's areas where I'm not, you know, there's people that know more than me. Yeah. However, I have put these things into practice. And that's what somebody said to me that was mm. on my course. And she said, well, you've got lived experience. And I was like, mm. yeah. And, and sometimes it's when other people feed that back to you, that you realize the value. Yeah. And you're you, like some two people teaching the same thing. Yeah. It still comes across and resonates in a different way, just based on the personalities and the energy of each person. So it's, it's yeah it's more than just the the knowledge just as you said the lived experience and the person themselves definitely and that's an that's an interesting point and i and i sort of like looked you know looked a little bit deeper into that and thought well what is my perspective and i think my perspective is beliefs mm. you know i'm not the i don't have the best knowledge about food and i don't have the best knowledge about exercise what's important to me and what i think might help someone is what is your belief about it? Mm. You know, so that's, yeah. So that's where I'm coming from, which is a very coaching, <laughs> coaching position to come from, isn't it? And when you started doing more of the, um, more of what you're focused on now, so you'd obviously had the background in relationship coaching yeah. and you had found some clients. Just quickly, how did you kind of come across those first clients as a, when you started doing more of the relationship coaching? Okay, so so I worked for, for the relationship um, counselling. I, I worked for an organisation, so they provided the client. Mm. What I what I found was when I started coaching, um, then it's like, well, where where do you get your clients from? Yeah. What worked for me was to I asked friends. Mm. So I I asked friends to come along, work colleagues, you know, gave them a really good offer and said mm. and was quite open which, you know, I think it's, you know, that's what people need to hear. You know, this is something, this is something that I'm interested in. I want to get a, this business um, moving. And then people do actually want to help. Yeah. And, uh, and so they'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, and, uh, and that's how I started. And then of course those people then tell other people. Mm. And I've always found that that is the, that works for me is um, word of mouth recommendation. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a, it's extremely important thing to raise there is that um, again, those first clients, you can just make a very good offer and be like, hey, this is something I'm trying out. Do you want to try with me? And just get those first results for yourself as well. So you know you yeah. can do it. And then you have the examples, you have uh, essentially quote unquote like case studies. You've taken someone from this place to another place. Definitely. Yeah, it it, def it definitely works. Yeah, I, I I would highly recommend that. I think otherwise you've got all this uh, knowledge to share and you know experience and knowledge, and you're just sat with it. Mm. And I and I always think that's such a shame. I think that's my motivator. I'm like, well, I uh, I've got all of this. Let me 
let me share it. Yeah, you can't be so greedy with it. You just got to put it out there. <laughs> and each time you've um, each time you've made kind of a shift, because obviously you started as a relationship coach, you've gone from path to path and now to what you do. Have you kind of taken that approach each time of I'm changing, focus now, let me find people who kind of trust me to give it a go in this area. And then that sets you off in a good way. Yes, absolutely. I've got some lovely friends and lovely family members who uh, who come along who, who come along on the ride with me, and um, and I think they've got used to it now. Mm. I think in the first place they might have thought, oh, she's doing something different now, but now they they embrace it, and um, and you know, which strikes me that I'm possibly I'm on the right path for for you know a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, they'll, they'll come along and support me mm. and, you know, and that will make the, the groups because I, um, I do a lot of groups now. Mm. So it just makes a lovely dynamic in a group um, to have people that have been, you know, with me for a little while mm. um, and new people that come along. Okay. So do you almost, uh, in regards to the groups, how does that work? Is it almost like a rotating group or do you kind of keep the groups together when you work with them or how does that work? Well, it was an interesting one because this was born out of um, lockdown because mm. I hadn't actually done groups. I hadn't worked with groups online. I'd done groups in a physical space, mm. uh, but I hadn't actually done it online and I've just done one-to-one. And um, so I moved it, moved it online and again, started quite small and, um, you know sort of like just asking people is this something you're interested in and you know a bit of advertising mm. and uh what i found was that we started with positive psychology part one which mm. was a six-week course and then and i worked with a colleague of mine um and uh what i did what we then did is well there's lots more material so we could do a part two mm. and so the people that were on part one came to part two yeah. but we also advertised it out uh, to other people so we had, a, we had a bit of a mixture and we've just written um, part three and we've just got people that have done part one and part two they love it they come to part three so that's our kind of strategy just to keep offering things that we think people might like that we've already got contact with yeah. um, and then the other thing that I that I became clear to me and I think it was in the gap between part one and part two there was a little there was a you know weeks of gap say a month or so and I thought well you know people have put the work in and when you go to a group you apply it and you you maybe do some work in between times and you practice positive psychology and you might get into a gratitude practice mm. and yet then you don't go to the group what happens so what I did is I started a practice group so, so it's a, a free, it's free to those people that have done the courses mm. and they just come along and uh, it's a set one, one evening and just come along and, and talk about anything really um, with that structure of sharing and, um, you know, just helping each support really to practice. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful thing is almost like aftercare. I've seen yeah. in a few in a few programs, more like business programs, but I've also seen it in um, one person I work with who does astral projection. And also it's, you have kind of the one-on-one face-to-face sessions for a certain amount of time, but 
but then after you still have lifetime access to the whole community that you can still be involved you're not just suddenly kind of put out in the cold almost as they say yeah yeah and and it's an it's an interesting one because it's not what I set out to do I, did, I didn't have this kind of like in my mind where I'll do, I'll do an, in, you know, a, an online group and I'll have something alongside it. It was just, it evolved yeah. and it evolved, out, it evolved out of a problem really. Yeah. And the problem was if you're not going somewhere where you're accountable, then things slip and it's human nature, isn't it? Mm. Uh, do you, do you, can you expand on that? Do you mean, you being accountable or the people you're working with being accountable um, well the i i, I see i see the the um, groups that i provide yeah. as um you know a way to be for, for someone to it's something to be accountable to yeah so yeah. That, and i know that for myself so if i'm going to a meditation group then i will meditate mm. if I, you know in my own time and if i'm not then that practice slips. It just, it doesn't go away completely. It just is not sort of, it's being in uppermost, isn't it, in the mind? Yeah. Yeah, it's also the and big I, thing of if other people are part of person, like, oh, I had the most amazing session. Someone else is like, oh, yeah. awesome job. And another person's yeah. like, oh, on my fifth day in a row, then you're like, oh, damn, I want to, I want to get my first <laughs> up there type of thing. Exactly. And, and what I absolutely love about groups is that they the support mm. and the um, helping each other. Mm. And, and I think that's such a brilliant dynamic rather than learning from me. You know, there is some of that, obviously, but also it's about that interaction between Learn, learning from each other, learning from each other. Definitely. So I think that um, people watching who they were getting a lot of value from just if you explained a bit about so when you went from you were doing one-to-one, you really enjoyed doing stuff in person. And then obviously the dramatic shift when uh, everything had to go online. How did you kind of handle that migration or what did it kind of look like for you? Well, I was really, really fortunate that I was working um, for a private healthcare company and, uh, and, and almost like having my business run alongside that. So I was employed mm -hmm. and running my business. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just really when I was start, you know, just starting. And um, I'd worked for them for quite a while and their business was all online. So I had been working um, as, as a coach and a clinician, mental health clinician online with a, um, a slightly different platform, but it was still what I was used to. So I, it was such, it was a really easy transition for me. And I know that um, some people that hadn't worked online, it was, you know, it was quite a, a, maybe a bit of resistance around it and, you know, lack of information. I just transferred because that's, I was used to it. That was lucky. Uh, okay. That's pretty, that's pretty great. Um, yeah. And so for you, um, obviously changing from space to space, not space to space, but focus to focus as you develop yourself and you learn from others and you're learning more, et cetera. How do you kind of go about deciding like, this is what my new offer is going to be or yeah. How often kind of do you make those iterations? I, I don't know if you, anyone noticed them, but that did, I did actually laugh, giggle to myself then because I guess what I'm hearing you say is strategy. And I, and I know that that is my, 
that's my weak area because I, I guess I'm quite intuitive and I just mm. go along. Now, I can't say that I bumble along because that's not how it works. Mm. I, I, I think because I'm, I'm focused and I have a lot of ideas. And um, so I, I guess I'm focused and creative mm. and um, go with an adaptable because I just go with wherever we're going. And I do recognize that maybe a strategy might be quite a good thing for me. So I, my, I tend to have a word of the year and uh, my word for um, this year was expansion. And my word, I've already, one of the little contenders for next year is strategy. So I'll come back to you on that one. Okay. But I think it does tie back into some of the things you were saying. It's just as you learn more things, you just like, hey, let me put it out to people and just see what they think. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got an example of that in that I'd always wanted to have get a med meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And um, I, you know, I just really struggled to do it and to, you know, that whole thing, find the time and, you know, know which meditation. Anyway, it just didn't really happen. And I knew that when I did do it, I really enjoyed it. And so I met someone, I met a meditation teacher and, um, you know, quite fortu fortunately, and um, she and we started to collaborate and help each other. And um, so I learned meditation. She taught me some guided meditations. And so from that, I thought, well, I struggle. And um, so maybe other people struggle. Mm. And well, I know that other people struggle. And um, so then we started um, offering classes and courses. So there's an example. So I tried it. You know, I've, I found that it was some, I found something that works for me. Mm. And then so from that, I've gone, let's let's do that. So let's put some courses out. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's also, uh, I feel like it, it comes down to a trust as well. A lot. The fact that you've also gotten to know your clients over time. So when you come out with something new, yeah. they know it's with nothing but good intention. You're like, hey, I really believe this is going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I did take that, I wouldn't say risk, but it, it was a definite, um, almost like a different shift because I'd been offering positive psychology courses, which mm. are fairly, you know, for the mind really, and mind and body. And then I've, and then I've gone, actually guys, this, I've got this new course and it's a, really drills down into self-care. And then what happens is, um, the, my, I, I like to call them members, my members, they, um, there's not, it's not a membership, but they're just members of my groups. Yeah. And, uh, and then they say, oh yeah, I need, to, I do need to get better at self-care, mm. but maybe they hadn't thought about it yeah. particularly. And so then I, and so I say they're here, here it is. So yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> now that's a brilliant insight to kind of summarize and wrap up on is that as you were saying it's if it's coming from a place where you just want to help in various ways it's just you just put it out to people and just kind of see what they say yeah yeah, yeah. so if people if people want to check out everything that you've got going on and dig into the podcast what, what's the best way for people to connect with you and reach out to you 
Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, thank you for, and I've, now I've mentioned the podcast a couple of times. Um, the podcast is Positivity, mm-hmm. a work in progress, and it's on most of the, the platforms. Um, and, uh, and, and that's a free free way to sort of like find out more about me and what I do and what, you know, what's important to me. Um, and my website, www.instarcoaching.com. Yeah, and we'll also include all the links and everything. So Thank, it's easy you. To find. Thank you. Thank you. Just get in touch. I'd love, I'd love to hear from people. Yeah, and no, thanks so much for your time. I think it's, it's awesome when people hear it, the journey of like what inspires people to go in the direction. Then you went to also officially study, um, and then it's always just constantly been changing. So I think it's there's yeah. a lot of really good insights there. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Chat soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube, get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series. And the second thing is I want you to reach out to me. If uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives, but you don't quite have the time right now, you don't quite have the freedom you wanted, and you don't quite have those systems in place, I want you to reach out to me. It's a no pressure, no strings attached. Send me a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever you prefer, and we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at, what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.